What's up, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Better with Paul. Now, if this is your first time, then I'm excited for you. But if you've been here before, then guess what? I'm just as excited for you, baby. Let's get it going. Another episode of Better with Paul. Nineteen ninety-three, Will Smith, known at the time for being a rapper and the star of The Fresh Prince of Bel Air, not being known as a serious actor or someone on the big screen yet, he called his childhood friend and manager James Lasseter, and he called him in for a meeting, and he said, "I quote, JL, I want to be the biggest movie star in the world." And JL said, "Okay, well." Let's figure out what that means. And so he went and got a list of the top 10 movies of all time at the box office, all the successes. And he and I, right, I'm Will Smith right now talking. He and I looked at them. We adjusted for inflation versus dollar value because we know Will Smith is technical like that. And they looked at all the different variations. And what we found at the center of all of the biggest movies of all time were three things. One, they always had special effects. Two, there were always creatures. And three, there was always a love story. So from that point on, we started exclusively looking for movies that had special effects, creatures, and love stories. Now, Fast forward 30 years later, roughly, from that meeting, Will Smith is one, if not the biggest movie star in the world. And within the movie industry, he's really known for two things, being strategic and being methodical. And I believe that Will Smith approaches everything in his life with methodology and being very focused and being very strategic. And I also believe This is exactly how Will Smith thinks about social media. Now, in less than three years of Will Smith, as he says, officially joining social media, he's one of the most influential social media users in the world, without question. But you know what we're here to discuss? We're here to discuss, is he currently the greatest social media content creator of today? The greatest, all right? This is big. Now, in order to have this discussion, I, at first I thought I was going to have this discussion by myself. I was just going to talk to myself on this. But I said, no, let me reach out to some folks who I understand know a lot about social media, know a lot about personal branding, and most importantly, people that I respect. And I immediately, Goldie, I reached out to you. Mike, I reached out to you. And so we've got Goldie Chan here, who, in my opinion, is I think you're the Oprah of LinkedIn and all these things, but I I just think that you're one of the dopest content creators right now on the planet. And then we've got my man, Mike Street, who I was just saying before we started, Mike is my Yoda, right? I'm training to be a Jedi, right? Mike is Yoda. He's all right. He's already there. He could do backflips and all this stuff. Mike knows everything about digital, you know, digital media. So I was like, look, you all have to be my folks that I have a conversation with. All right. So first, welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us, Paul. What what sweet and amazing things to say. (laughs) All the truth, all the truth. So now let me just, 
hit you with the big question. All right. So let me start at the top. Is Will Smith the greatest, the greatest content creator on social media today? Yes or no? I'll let Gully go first. Oh, wow. I'm throwing you under the bus. This is what Yoda does. (laughs) The ladies first. No, thank you. Um, I love that, Paul, you reached out to me about this because this is something, this is a phenomenon, right? I'm going to talk around this answer to this question. (laughs) He is a social media phenomenon. He has resurrected I believe he has really resurrected his career because he's, of course, known for all these amazing movies. He is a huge action star, but he has come back into the limelight. He has grown his social media following. He has become, I love the R word, relevant again because he's on social media so in that way, I do think that he is one of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to hedge my bets here, the greatest content creators right now, because what he has done on YouTube is incredibly fascinating. I'm sure we're going to go into it. But what he's doing by jumping individually and strategically onto each platform yeah. and then creating content that's tailored i feel like i always beat people over the head with this like create content that's tailored to the platform that you are on and will smith definitely does this and he does this really well and we've seen it now if you've uh tracked him on once again youtube and he's made quite a splash there with his own birthday yes um with tiktok even oh um, man his tiktoks are incredible Yeah, incredible. He obviously has a brilliant team around him, but I do feel that he is that strategician. (laughs) I I love how when you can write out a word (laughs) out loud, he's the strategy man (laughs) behind behind. I think all of this amazing growth that he's had. But yeah, I feel that what's even more important than saying he's the best content creator is he has made himself relevant. Again, that is so powerful. So now, Goldie, I I hear all of that. I agree with all of that, but but you're my girl on this. So I've got to push you. (laughs) I have to push you. If you if you if you had to say yes or no, right? I feel like I'm moderating a debate almost, right? Because you know politicians (laughs) they never tell you. If you had to say yes or no, like what what would you say? Yes or no? Because if you say no, I think I understand why. Right. Because you follow a lot of, you know, the I think the greatest. But what do you think? Yes or no? Oh, wow. Um, Well, I definitely have to say that in this moment. Right. I feel like such a politician (laughs) answering this in this moment, considering a lot of other factors. (laughs) Yeah, I will. I will actually go. I will go with this. I will go with yes. I do think that right now he is on fire and creating the kind of content that everyone should be watching. Like if you are a content creator, or even if you're just a huge, you know, marketing and branding nerd, you just love seeing people build really cool brands. He is the one to watch. So I will say yes. All right. We got a yes. We have, all right. So we have two yeses (laughs) right now, two yeses in the conversation. Now we're going to go to Yoda who, you know, Yoda likes to flip things up, backflip on people. So the the short answer is no. I Uh, I knew he was going to say no, so I had to say yes. (laughs) 
Okay, hit us with it, Mike. I mean, I felt like, you know, well, I mean, one, he's came in late, a little late into the social game. Like, social media has very much matured um, over the past years. And, you know, he kind of just started, like, two years ago doing what he's doing, like, you know, with his live stream for his birthday and, you know, the little silly videos that he's been putting out there. But I don't think they're having a cultural impact or moving or even moving his business for it, you know, like, because you can look at people like The Rock, you know, The Rock can go to his fan base and the fan base will come out and see the movie that he's got out. And, and, you know, The Rock puts out a lot of crap movies every year, but he has that fan base that will go see, you know, whatever is, is he's putting out there. Like, what was a movie? Like, uh, he did a, a video game movie, Rampage. Nobody saw, I don't think anyone saw that, but his fan no, base didn't see it. See it. <laughs> You know, because they follow All right, Seljuk, who, this is his studio. He said he saw it. (laughs) He said he saw saw it. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, and and even if we, you know, and there was a lot of backlash around him playing the the genie in Aladdin. Yeah. And I think, uh, I I, I don't think he, he could have used his social media to kind of counterbalance that, but he was kind of quiet on that to some degree. Okay. I Uh, mean, but that's Disney. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean Disney is gonna make money regardless, right? Of you know if, if the movie is good or bad. And Maleficent was great, by the way, the best Disney movie they've ever done. Yeah, uh, shout out to Disney, right, for that. But this is good. This is no, I I I adore this. Right, this is what makes a conversation a conversation. Right, we've got different opinions on this, and Goldie, let's see if we could sway Mike. <laughs> as we go down the list, or maybe Mike sways us, all right? So yeah. let, let me let me bring, you know, I'm bring out the, the technical numbers now. So if you yeah, exactly, exactly, I was well, waiting. Mike, Mike came with the heat, Mike came prepared. Man, Mike is, I know he's ready. He's got like a Bible of stats underneath the, the, the camera. So, all right, let's, let's go down the list. There's seven areas that I wanna hit. Then of course, if there are any other areas you guys wanna jump into. Uh, it's interesting, Mike, that you mentioned The Rock. Uh, Goldie, I know that's your boy. I saw the Rock uh, tweet, right, and included you in the in the post because because you, you, you've written about uh, the Rock yeah, in, in, in Forbes, yeah. which is which is awesome. I want to start with actually that, right? So the first thing that I've I kind of noticed about Will Smith, and Mike, you mentioned this as well, is that he's late to the game. But what I look at it is he spent. So I saw that in about twenty what twenty sixteen or so. Of all people, he was looking at The Rock. And he was like, man, The Rock is actually, because of his social media presence, he's able to demand more at the box office. And Will, I mean, um, Mike, as you were saying, Will Smith was like, man, and The Rock is actually moving people towards watching his films. So Will Smith, I, I literally think Will Smith, and Will, if you're watching this, correct us, please, right? Will was like, look, I want to be the biggest movie star in the world. I said it back in 1993. The Rock has dethroned me. And he's dethroned me. Be- and, he's, and he's got these movies that some people say are crap movies. So what's the difference? The difference is his social media presence, which I know, Gold, you could speak to in, in detail. So he then spent between 2016 and 2017, a full year, right? So he went back to his manager, James Lasseter. He went to CAA, his agency, and he said, look, I want you all to build, I want you to create a social media plan. We're gonna spend a year in diligence, a year, right? Before he even jumped on. So let's just stop right there as one point. 
A, is that something that we should give them kudos for? B, is that something that we as people who are building our brand should even consider? This whole notion of don't just knee-jerk reaction, jump on the social. Don't just, okay, I need to do a YouTube video. Oh, I need to get on Facebook. I need to make a post. Is there any lesson there to be learned of let's chill, let's think, let's do diligence, let's do research before we actually start executing our strategy? I'm going to let Mike start with this one because I know he has some wise words. So, <laughs> Well, I think one of the things that I wanted to talk about was that in terms of his strategy, you know, like even, you know, because he just put a movie out. Was it Gemini? Gemini Man. Yeah. Gemini yeah. Man. Yeah. So I think, you know, even looking at a lot of the posts on his page, it wasn't a lot of promotion of that movie. And that's where, you know, and that. And let's go back to The Rock for one second, because The the Rock is the, the Rock created the blueprint on how to, to promote a movie because he stole the, the strategy from Vin Diesel. So if we okay. go back to very early Facebook, Vin Diesel had probably one of the biggest uh, social media followings on his Facebook page. Okay. And uh, The Rock, you know, took a look at that and then started to replicate that for his own social media channel. And then as The Rock grew in popularity, you know, more people started to follow him on his other social channels. And The Rock is very, you know, personable on his social media um, with a lot of the things that he does and the tips that he puts out there. And I think he's really good at pushing a movie on his social channels because, I mean, you know, it's, it's fun to have a social channel, but if it's not going to make you money, um, then why bother? <laughs> uh, you know... I mean, we're all here because we're, you know, in the marketing space and, you know, a lot of the stuff that we do is to push, is, is to push a product and these celebrities are product. Right. Um, you know, the person who makes the most money on Instagram is the, uh, is that soccer, is the soccer player. Um, Christian uh, Ronaldo. Christian Ronaldo. Yeah. You know, he has, you know, 187 million followers. So, you know, and if you look at his page, you know, he's got all kind of, you know, pretty pictures, but a lot of them are advertising as well. But I think Will Smith, you know, he has to really start to think about, it's like, I can do like stuff with the family, you know, I can be on Red Table Talk, I can be on YouTube, but how do I start to really focus into a strategy to, you know, so when I put out a Gemini man, you know, I can move, you know, 10 million people to go to the box office to get a ticket because right. I don't think the numbers were that high. And, 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 and I think he didn't even take his own advice because when he, when he when we go back and he said, I want to be the biggest movie star in the world, he actually used data to figure out, you know, what were the three key key elements uh, that need to be in a script uh, in order for the movie to be hot. You know, it was creatures, special effects, and a love story. Right. And he was able to do that with stuff like, uh, you know, Men in Black and some of his other um, Independence Day. Uh, you know, the, the movies that made him big, but now when you start to look at some of the other movies that were out there, you know, they didn't do, you know, they haven't done so well. And that's, and that's where The Rock uh, was able to come in. And, you know, The Rock, you know, had a following already from WWE that he was able to bring over to, to his to movie it. career. But what about this whole notion of just the diligence? Because, you know, you talked about The Rock looking at Vin Diesel, which I didn't know. That's fascinating. And then replicating what Vin Diesel did and actually, you know, one-upping him. And I think, quite honestly, Will Smith and his team at CAA looked at exactly what The Rock was doing. And they basically said, all right, we need to, to, to do that. Do you think that that is something like, you know, Goldie, is, is, is that something that we should be doing? Almost pinpointing, okay, Goldie Chan, 
that's like that I want to do. I, I see what she's doing. I should replicate that. Like, is, is that a smart strategy? I think that there are two sides to the story, right? One is that, of course, always just do the research so you know, so you're informed. But then there's always early mover advantage. And I have to say that in some ways, The Rock, the way he crafted specifically Instagram, he got a little bit of that early mover advantage because he took what Vin Diesel did on Facebook, right? And then transferred that, translated that onto Instagram. And then he's really one of the celebrities to watch on Instagram for what he does well. However, if you get early mover advantage, a lot of times, a lot of this stuff goes out the window because there's no playbook. There's no right way to do it. Or if somebody's doing it right, right now, say in the first year or two that that platform is alive, that doesn't mean that like two years in, three years in when it's more mature, that will still be the playbook because it's still early days. And so uh, that's why I find it really fascinating what Will Smith is doing specifically on TikTok, which is still to me an early mover platform, right? But is he doing revolutionary things on on Instagram? Absolutely not. (laughs) I would never, I'm not saying that he is reinventing the strategy, the game. He's not reinventing the game at all. What he is doing to a certain degree is having success, right? And once again, I'm not also saying that he is having the greatest success, but he is having success across most platforms. And that is really rare. Because most people are really great at like one platform. They have a huge following there. That's where their bread and butter is. And then they aren't able to translate that across platforms. And I think it is really interesting that Will Smith and family, because you mentioned Red Table Talk, Mike, so I had to reference that. Um, They are trying to really have a presence across every single platform. And that now, that is tough. That is so tough to be able to have that presence across all different platforms and to do it successfully. So, I mean, my boy, my homie is a rock. So I have to say, like, of course, I love whatever he does on Instagram because he's writing that action star relatable playbook on Instagram that everyone is trying to copy right now. But is Will Smith still doing like a good job on Instagram? I think so. And I think despite him not moving those marketing dollars, moving those that money towards people buying and purchasing his movies, I also wonder, are his end goals different now, right? Yeah. Like he's still in the movies, yep. but maybe it's not just 100% send you to the theaters. Yeah. Maybe I, it's consume this other content. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. So it's interesting. Uh, one is, I'll say this, Mike, it sounds like you're swaying Goldie a little bit though. Because she, she, she was really with me in the beginning. And all of a sudden, Mike came in, he dropped some of his magic dust. And now she's like, oh, well, hold on for a second, right? So, all right, so this is the some battle. Some of us for- have to be great Jedi, okay? Some of us <laughs> got to go. We got to go back and forth between the two force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. I've, I've got some numbers that I'm going to drop in a second, all right, to, to, to try to, you know, hold up my man Will Smith. But I will say that, the diligence part seems to be interesting to me because what he was doing in essence was foregoing any bit of early mover advantage, right? Any bit of, you know, he, he, he lost like to the algorithms, et cetera, to wait, right? And be kind of strategic and, 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 and focused in. And this gets to my second point though. My second point is that, and, and maybe The Rock or others are doing a better job, so please correct me on this, but Will Smith to me 
seems to do an exceptional job at leveraging other people and other people's platform to his advantage on social. Point and example is his announcement for Instagram on the Ellen DeGeneres show, right? And doing that on one of the biggest talk show platforms on the planet. When he came out uh, on YouTube, I saw, is it Lily Singh, right? He leveraged her base to come out uh, with, uh, with his YouTube account. She had 12 million followers at the time. How he integrates, uh, you know, various YouTube stars or Instagram stars. He's done this, I think, exceptionally well because you don't necessarily see him, you know, uh, with, uh, you know, with, with an A-list actor or actress. He instead selects the, the, uh, the platform who the star is of that particular platform and then leverages that person to his advantage. And I think that part, that first part of the strategy, right, to, to your point, Goldie, is that I feel like he has a long-term play here. It's kind of like when he looked at, I'm going to be the biggest movie star. I don't think he was looking at, I'm going to be the biggest movie star in the next two years. It's like, no, no, this is going to be, this is a marathon. Shout out Nipsey Hussle, right? It's a marathon. <laughs> so he was looking at, Okay, over a decade, multiple decades. I think he's looking at social the same way. But the second point is his use of platforms and the stars of various platforms to further his brand. How do we feel about his use of that? And then should we be doing that as we individually are building out our personal brands? I have to start with this one thing, which is I I have heard people say, oh my gosh, look at Will Smith. He's trying to become relevant again. It's like not working. And I'm sure we've we've maybe all heard this a little bit. Mike is literally saying it. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but what I do find interesting is I have met some of these people and these are the same people that absolutely will post a selfie with Will Smith on their Instagram <laughs> after saying that they're like, I, I don't get it. You know, Will Smith is like, totally a has been and then they will still if they get that you know tweet or or instagram photo with him or whatever it is they will absolutely be like oh my gosh it's will smith <laughs> so i think that he is still so intelligently leveraging the fact that regardless of if you think he is or is not the biggest movie star in the world people know that he's still an a-list actor and those people are, are gods in our universe, right? Like in our social media influence universe. So he is leveraging that part really intelligently. And I think that he is then using a little bit of that sparkly stardom <laughs> to impress these top performing platform people like Lily Singh, who just got her own late night talk show. Um, and he's doing it really intelligently because these people are at the top of the platform, but are they an A-list actor in movies, you know, in right. the movie theater? No. No. Yeah. Uh-oh. Mike's about to break it down. <laughs> he's about to break my whole thing down. Go ahead, Mike. What do you have to say? No, I mean, it's, uh, it's uh, I think from your second point is that, you know, that's a, you know, it's a, that's a smart strategy and it's a strategy that's been used, you know, pretty much throughout the, the dawn of time. You know, it's kind of like a, an endorsement. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's an endorsement you have, you know, like, uh, you know, like if you go back to back in the day, like old TV shows would have, you know, a lot of the celebrities incorporate 
the product into the TV show. Like, you know, I watch a lot of I Love Lucy, so like a vitamin would be in the show and that it would get people talking about that particular product or a soap. Um, you know, that's how a lot of media is created because a lot of brands are trying to market product. Um, even if you look through Will Smith's timeline on his Instagram, I mean, you do see a, a sprinkling of a lot of different, um, you know, popular YouTubers and Instagrammers about what he's doing because he's, you know, we I call it swagger jacking, you know, because who's not going to want to take a picture with Will Smith? First of all, you know, he's been a celebrity. He has, plus he has a nostalgia piece with him because, you know, uh, you know, anybody that says in West Philadelphia, born and raised, you automatically know what that is. You'll automatically complete that sentence because that's something that most of us who are, you know, in our 40s and 50s now, I mean, and who pretty much is Will Smith's audience at this point because he's 51. Um you know, we know exactly what that is. Or if you hear parents just don't understand or summertime, right. you know, those are, are, those are instant. Classics. Novels. Yeah, those are yeah. classics. I, I have to fight for the 20s and 30s, though, and say that there are people who are in their 20s right now who are discovering Will Smith. Yeah. So exactly. then they have the same kind of nostalgia, but obviously in a different way, not in that they experienced that firsthand. They didn't watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but they think it is adorable. I'm putting this in air quotes. <laughs> and they, they like that feeling of nostalgia, right? They don't have that nostalgia themselves, but they like how retro it is to like Will Smith and like the original person who was in Men in Black and right. all of this stuff that has kind of cycled back. Of course, this is of course, a trend that has happened before and right. will happen again. Right. <laughs> but you know, there's also has a lot of, uh, of social currency when you look at uh, these days. A lot of people like looking at things that are vintage. I mean, if you even look back at the creation of, of how Instagram came in, you know, into being, you know, a lot of the, you know, filters, you know, make your pictures look very vintage and very nostalgic and people like that element right. of it. And, you know, and someone like Will Smith, who is a very big part of pop culture and a very big part of history, um, you know, he always will bring that to the table, you know, at whatever age he is. Now, I think what we're seeing now is like, can he translate all of those elements that he has in his favor and bring it to this new frontier, which is social media? You know, is it, you know, can he become... You know, can he exist, coexist with all of these other people who are all on these platforms and use that to his advantage? And I think he's still trying to figure that out. Right, right. And I'm with you on the I'm still trying to figure this out. But I'm going to hold down Will Smith being the greatest content creator on social media of today by saying a couple of things. All right. This is just still I mean, within, honestly, within, within point honestly, two. Honestly, the greatest piece of content was that egg last year. Was who? The egg. The egg. Oh, the famous egg. Um. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm, okay. But was the egg, who who created the egg? Who's the creator? Some, some marketing guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Will Smith is the second greatest content creator <laughs> behind some marketing guy on the planet. But here, so so here's here's there are two things that I pull from this kind of point two, right? The first is that what I love about Will Smith is that. His content is not chock full of lots of other 
A-list celebrities, B-list celebrities, right? What he does, I think, brilliantly is he specifically pinpoints the platform and he pinpoints the stars of the platform. And then he does very, you know, methodically go after them and he uses his social currency in order to, you know, to, to, to woo them into his, his web. And then he produces uh, content with them. But then on top of it, what he does, and I think this is something that we can all do better, is that he then identifies people who are tagging stuff, hashtag Will Smith or hashtag French Prince or whatever, and he then spotlights them. Whether he gives them a full spotlight on his, uh, you know, on an Instagram post or he embeds them in a video, but he has done, I mean, he has basically created a massive following for many, 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 you know, kind of everyday average folks. And I think the result of that is more and more people consciously wanting to tag Will Smith, consciously trying to build this kind of like community around, let me publish more Will Smith content in the hopes of him tagging or finding me. And then by doing that creates this ripple effect of more people finding out or underst- or you know finding out about Will Smith, not directly through him, but through this kind of second, you know, third tier group. Um, but let me get into point three, all right? Point three here is something that Mike has already refuted, but I, I want to bring this up, okay? Mike was talking about how all right, Will Smith hasn't really been able to leverage this. He didn't leverage, you know, his social platform for Gemini Man. At least, you know, we didn't see in the figures uh, that he did because it, 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 it was not a success. But <laughs> poor Aladdin, Gemini Man. <laughs> yeah, poor Gemini Man. It was, it was not a success. Uh, but Aladdin was a massive success global phenomenon, right? Over a billion dollars right out the right out the gate here in the United States. Uh, and then of course, we, we've got the global figures. But now, here's what I find to be most impressive about Aladdin. For those of you listening on the podcast, Mike is shaking his head no. No, right no. <laughs> no, no, no. Mike, okay, all right, wait, just wait, just wait. All right, so now, now, when he did Aladdin, this was the first time, at least the folks from uh, Westbrook, who is his social media studio, right, company, over 50 people work at this thing. So he's a massive team behind him, right, massive team. This was the first time that they really put their full energy into promoting a Will Smith uh, production, right, movie. Now, they had started with uh, Bright, right, Netflix, but it was really Aladdin when they've got drones flying all over the place, right, as he's walking. What the folks at Disney said is that if you look at all of the online views that came from all of the, you know, trailers, everything that Disney put out. Now, this was a $200 million, uh, you know, budget film. So from a marketing standpoint, and Mike, you'll know more about this than anyone, but from a marketing standpoint, what, 20% of that was, was marketing? You know, we're, we're talking tens of millions of dollars, all right, was, was yeah. at least allocated towards marketing. We have to presume that a lot of that went to online. When they broke down the numbers, they said that they believe that just from Will Smith's uh, Instagram and his YouTube and his Facebook, that between 12 and 20% of all impressions came from Will Smith's. Uh, marketing and his, and his promotion. 
right? And, and, and they went on to talk about how you talked about Ronaldo. All right, I got something for you, Mike Street. I got something for you. You said that he's the most followed. Yes, he's the most followed. Does he make the most money? Maybe he makes the most money. But do you know, do you know, Mike Street, that Will Smith actually logs more total watch time in minutes on YouTube than anyone else, including Ronaldo, at 1.1 billion watch time minutes on YouTube. So what I'm saying here, in essence, is that this man's social media entity, promotion, vehicle, etc., is actually just getting popping right now. Like it's just, start, Aladdin just came out the gate, really. My, I guess my point, I'm trying to win you over, Mike. I'm truly trying to win you over. But my point here is that, <laughs> think about that. A Disney movie, $200 million budget, almost a quarter of the online impressions came from this man's social media presence. What do we have to say about that? I do want to see how that compares to Jungle Cruise, which has <laughs> The Rock. Um, I'd be curious actually to see if if The Rock is able to make Jungle Cruise a success since that is an IP that is really, I mean, it's newer. It's not a reboot. Um, Disney's putting quite a bit of budget, it looks like, behind it. That's just my personal aside, is I would be curious to track that and see in comparison if that also moves the needle. If it's just being online and being a celebrity, or if it's specifically all the content that Will Smith very strategically did. But I will, I will just say once again, I'm going to go back on this, and I said it before, I don't believe necessarily that Will Smith is trying to become a movie star again, if that makes sense. I think that he's pushing very specific projects, not all of his projects. And he has a bigger goal that's not necessarily being a movie star oriented. So Goldie, you're saying that's not the goal, is it's some other goal. Uh, Mike, I'm curious on your thoughts what the goal is, but as it pertains specifically to, uh, you know, that that I think I just want to stay focused on this. Almost a quarter of the views came from social media. And what I think, what I think he's doing is he's looking at The Rock and he's saying, man, The Rock is getting, you know, $20 million a film. And then on top of it, he's getting an extra million dollars just to promote these films. So I think he's looking at it. It's like, okay, I'm the $20 million man. That's that I really started all that. So I want my 20 million plus I want to leverage my social media for more money. And here is an example of me going hard in the paint for Aladdin and look at the results. So I think I think the goal is, you know, and, and Goldie mentioned it earlier, is to one is to remain relevant, but we have to also look at what's going on inside of, you know, these talent agencies and, you know, 2019 and pretty much moving forward. If you do not have a social media following, they're not going to be interested in you. You know, uh, you know, I've, I've worked for um, some of these other companies where they manage a lot of top talent and they're looking at, and then we're looking very closely at your numbers on social. So you have to have a following these days. You have to have, at the very least, you have to have an Instagram presence because that means more money for them to, to sell other things. You know, like if you, I mean, look at Kim Kardashian's, you know, Instagram feed is full of, you know, there's tons of ads yeah. that she pushes out there for the, the different, um, you know, different things that she's doing. Yeah. Um, do you think, Mike, do, so that's interesting. So, so you're saying if, if you're a you know, celebrity, you, you, you must have one now. 
Do you yeah. think it's the same thing if you are an entrepreneur? Is it the same thing if you are a professional, you know, working for another company? Does everyone at this point need to have a social media presence? Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I think at this point in society, you have to have some social media presence to capacity, especially if you're trying to be a working professional in the world. I mean, because, you know, recruiters are looking at your LinkedIn profile to see, you know, what are you up to? They may be looking at your Facebook to see what are you talking about? Uh, you know, so I think you, I think having a social media presence means that you do exist. It's not 100% necessary, but I would say at the very minimum, you know, have a LinkedIn profile, you know, prefer for your professional work so that you can showcase that because a lot of the recruiters and uh, hiring managers are looking at, um, you know, what, what your, at least your, your LinkedIn presence. But I think for people who are entrepreneurs, it does not hurt uh, to have a voice out there for your product. But I think, uh, you know, for these celebrities and for people who are working in media, it's, you know, it's vital to your career uh, to have a, a presence that's worthwhile that's, and that's sellable. Like, you know, we have, uh, again, Christian Ronaldo, world's biggest soccer player. He makes, he's making buku dollars. You have um, Selena Gomez, who's a, another huge following, Ariana Grande. All of these people have... Uh, and, and you also look at it as like this youth culture and places like TikTok are starting to flourish and all these other new platforms will eventually come out there. You know, so he has to stay relevant in order to communicate to a new audience who may discover who he is, you know, because he does have a huge backlog of good movies. And, you know, he's about to put out Bad Boys 3, you right. know, so I want to start to see, you know, what's that promotion going to look like? I mean... You got to. You should be starting a little bit now with like some fun clips with him and Martin Lawrence. You know, there's rumors that Martin may come back. Right. You know, nostalgia again is big. All these shows have come back. Right. Uh, you know, so now is the perfect time for someone like a Will Smith to you know to to take advantage and make money off of the nostalgia piece. You know, so let me go to point four in my lessons. I don't think I've won Mike over on any of these points, uh, <laughs> and every point. Goldie seems like she's like left. She's like left my side, right? She's like, well, actually, uh, Paul, you were wrong on this one. Uh, all right, so how about this one? Let's see if The Rock does this because clearly this is The Rock versus Will Smith. Let's see if The Rock does this. He probably does though. Uh, what I've noticed, you say, oh my god, even Selchuk here is 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 lost my. He's he's left my side. This is terrible. I mean, you should have never brought. The rock into the conversation because when it was just Will Smith, it was fine. But then you brought my homie, The Rock, into it, and then it's game over. <laughs> oh wow, this is this is box office. All right, so so just this is just handed to me, but my dear friend <laughs> Selchuk here, who 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 owns this glorious studio switching board, he just pointed out the actual box office revenue for Aladdin. Just in case Mike wanted to refute me. <laughs> He was ready. So I'm not even going to drop this. I'm just saying, I'm ready. Mike, look, I've got, I've, I have notes all over the place. But here's, here's the next thing, point four, okay? Point four. I went back. I had to look. I had to track this. What Will Smith does every single day on Instagram without fail is he drops a post. The consistency I ju is just, it's just, it's just, 
it's just to me, it's just it, it blows my mind. I mean, I'm at the point where I just try to like post every week, and I can't even do that all the time. It's terrible. Uh, so, so one, I just the lesson I pulled is this daily consistency, but also the variation in the content. So, I, and I've noticed he has he has you know strict categories that he that he stays to, and he doesn't deviate from the categories. Right? It could be a promotion on a on a project. It could be a very serious, hey, here's a reflection on life. Um, it could be just, hey, here's where I am. Take a look so you can experience this cool thing that I'm experiencing in Budapest, wherever it may be. But the fact that he's doing it daily, every day, given his 50 million other jobs, I, I think I, I, I find it to be I find it to be pretty cool. So I guess now I have three questions. A is does the rock post every day? B, how do we feel about the importance of consistency, right? And then kind of and, and then kind of a C, kind of I'll just call it B, I'll just put it in B. So how do we feel about consistency and how important should we be in our consistency in terms of daily content? And this is more of a strategic question for both of you because you know, I I I I hate these algorithms. I hate what I see the algorithms doing on every platform, whether it be LinkedIn, you know, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And it seems like one of the only ways to combat that is a excellent content, but then b consistency of the content. Uh, but let's 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 go with the first question: Is is the Rock posting every day? Is he posting every day? As far as I know, yes, but that may not be necessarily like every day on Instagram, right? It's definitely at least though a post on Instagram and or a tweet that's saying oh, something so slightly not, so, different. So can you check that for us? Let's just look at the last week. Let's see if The Rock posts every that, – that'll solve it, actually. So he's going to solve it for us. Does The Rock post – so let's just go to, to, to B. How important is that consistency and how important is daily or weekly? Like I'm I, like I, – I feel like I've lost it. I mean what should we be doing out here? I mean, I think you have to find your own rhythm that works for your audience. You know, it could be three times a week. It could be five times a day. Um, you know, it really depends on how much content you can produce. You know, uh, like for some of my clients, we were doing at least, you know, we would do 120 posts a month. You know, so sometimes that translates out to, to two or three posts a day. Um, you know, but, you know, it depends on what kind of money you're putting and investing into what you're doing. Um you know, so you have to find the rhythm that really works for, you know, for your brand and your company and, and for your overarching goal. I mean, I feel like for, you know, a makeup brand, you know, putting out one one or two really good makeup tutorials a week is probably good, you know, because those take time to produce and, and get right because people expect, uh, you know, a level of quality to that. Or if you're doing more of like a talking head, then I think doing that like once a day is is probably a good frequency. So you have to really figure out like what works for um, you know for you. But you know, Mike, on on that though is let's say you're that that the makeup brand that you just mentioned and you're doing one a week high quality, right? Because it just takes a lot to 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 produce something you know high quality. But if you could like if you could turn up the you know increase the funding for the video, increase the fund right the the, the marketing allocation. Is it wise now to move to a place of daily? 
you know, and, and actually it's, it's interesting because now that I said daily, I think, oh my God, that's how I found out about Goldie is she was doing content every freaking day on LinkedIn, you know? So, uh, this is now weird to ask how important <laughs> is daily? <laughs> I feel very biased personally, uh, because, you know, I've worked in house, I've done digital strategy in house for all these startups where we were doing content daily or weekly, of course, depending on resources, like Mike said, uh, what we were able to allocate. And when I started doing content for myself, for my personal brand, I did it daily. And I wasn't even intending to do daily because I literally know how hard it is to do daily. So if you had asked me, would I have done 750 or so daily videos in a row, I'd be like, you were absolutely nuts. That's the stupidest thing you could do with your, your life and your time. But as you know, too, daily has skyrocketed me. But I also have to say, you know, I disclaimed this, which is, of course, I hope that my content was good enough, but I had early mover advantage. So I had daily content on early mover advantage. And you, you absolutely cannot defeat that because I was there really before the algorithm right. was there on that particular platform on LinkedIn. So I was able to get my videos out to a ton of people, you know, a lot faster. And now people who are starting, say, even on the platform I'm on, LinkedIn, trying to do daily videos, they're not getting the same kind of views or results, even if their content is high quality, just because the algorithm has changed. Damn algorithm. Pardon the interruption, just wanna tell you about something that my wife and I have just launched and we are very, very excited about. It's called BWP Connect. Now, you may already know, but if you don't know about it, let me put you on, okay? It's a very safe place for those of us who value legacy, culture, and financial freedom through entrepreneurship to all come together and connect. If you are interested in more information about BWP Connect, simply go to paulcbrunson.com backslash B-W-P-C-O-N-N-E-C-T. That's paulcbrunson.com backslash B-W-P connect. And now let's get back to the show. Like the algorithm is worse than a venereal disease. Like <laughs> the algorithm is like, is terrible. I mean, it's just like how, I mean, actually, I mean, I, I can go all, all over. Uh, let me, let me keep going. Do we know what the rock? Yeah, last week he shared it every day. Last week? Okay. Oh my God, the damn rock. All right, last week he, he did post every day. Uh, the week prior, he missed one day, but he also posted, he made up because he posted a bunch of times. So the freaking rock won again. All right, so Mike, please, on the algorithm. No, but I think, uh, you know, the algorithm can also be a crutch because people learn how to game it. And then you have just a whole bunch. I mean, everybody can't be on the Explorer page. I think... Uh, I think the, the number one thing to do is to make good content, you know, because, you know, we've all heard that Instagram is looking at taking out the lights as a, uh, as a visual, uh, as a, a visual note of your analytics. So people can come to your page and not see how many likes a picture has anymore. Uh, you know, that's something they've already tested in other countries. Um, you know, so I think just making good content that people will enjoy and, and creating a following that way. Um, is crucial because like when I go on YouTube, I never look at the view count of a video. You know, I'm just looking for a good video to, to watch. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, uh, I, I would imagine that stories plays a big role 
in this mm-hmm. uh, with the big push on Instagram with stories, Facebook, obviously. Uh, goalie, that'd be fascinating to find out if, if LinkedIn is thinking about stories. But what I've noticed, at least Will Smith not do as much, which I'm shocked at, is stories. I And and, oh. and, and to me, it seems like what he's doing, excuse me, I'm sorry, is, yeah. uh, is that he is, you know, he kind of stocks up his content. He, he kind of, uh, you know, it, it's it's like he'll he'll shoot massively for a fixed period of time and then he'll drip it out over time. And so therefore, in the stories, he's not giving us the stories because his focus is is, is, is on that kind of heavy hitting stuff that he's posting. But uh, but where do stories play a role in this? Uh, and then also, I am curious, uh, Goli, about that, if you know anything about stories coming to LinkedIn. I do a little bit. So LinkedIn has been testing out stories Um, but actually only with the college demographic. So you have to be college age in college. Um, They have specific like stickers and filters. So LinkedIn goes very, and they've kind of historically done this, gone pretty hard into the college age demographic, but trying to create their own little bubble on LinkedIn. So they have these things called LinkedIn campus editors, where people can be nominated at their school to become like a top LinkedIn person. But once again, it's just at your school. Then they have little conferences that bring together all the college age. Um, People who have huge presences are creating content on LinkedIn. So LinkedIn actually does have its own little universe that does have stories, but they're not trying to push stories. See, they're not trying to push stories onto every demographic. They're actually keeping it very siloed onto either college age, they've also been testing stories within um, industry verticals. So real estate, um, finance professionals, et cetera. And they've been testing them in smaller markets, um, in different cities to see if maybe that once again, very siloed, very vertical driven stories does well. And they're, as far as I know, they haven't really pushed it widely or care to push stories widely on this platform. I think that's a really interesting concept um, because I know if we think about Facebook, Facebook wants everything to be ubiquitous. Like Facebook wants everything to be everywhere all at once. Facebook wants every single person to use every single (laughs) product on Facebook, including Facebook dating. Sorry, no thanks. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not with that either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's fast. I had no idea LinkedIn was experimenting with that. I think that's fascinating. And also the fact that it is, uh, you know, so curated is mind blow. I mean, most of the platforms have tried, experimented with some form of story, but I mean, stories really goes into like, it's creating an immersive mobile experience for the user to consume on their mobile device, because most people, you know, they're looking at the content in a full screen uh, situation versus, you know, um, you know, uh, in the, I guess, in the square format, um, you know, so what, I mean, like even YouTube does, YouTube has stories. Um, I think Pinterest kind of pioneered it to some degree because a lot of their pins were a little bit longer. And so when you went into the early versions of the mobile app, you could see that uh, the, the image in full screen on your phone. And then a lot of people started creating like longer pins because they knew that got more engagement on that platform. But when you look at places like Twitter, it doesn't kind of translate as well. I know they've been experimenting with uh, something that's like stories, but more for news, but they haven't really rolled that out 
because uh, it's just not organic for their platform. You know, even though more video, more people are consuming a little bit more video over there, it's not a great lot. Like the one, the places where I've seen stories be really successful is on Facebook. Um, Facebook stories. Uh, when I, I was running a, a, a campaign over the summer, uh, I was getting about ninety percent of my conversions from having a vertical video, um, you know, mixed with the paid media. Um, and getting and having a, a short video, so about fifteen seconds. Uh, uh, okay. So I feel that's because people just don't want to create Facebook stories. Like the everyday <laughs> yeah. layperson is not thinking, "I'm going to make a Facebook story." They're thinking, "I'm going to make an Instagram story, or go on Snapchat, or go on TikTok." Right. Right. And I feel like the average the average Joe is not like, "Man, you know what I really want to do today? <laughs> make some a Facebook, Facebook story. <laughs> make some Facebook stories." But you'd be surprised because if you do post because like sometimes when I post like it's the first thing that when you log into Facebook it's the first thing that's actually in your feed as you'll see the stories bar so people are actually clicking on it if you have an interesting enough picture yeah oh uh, yeah oh yeah there, there's there's no doubt that folks are clicking on it and also that Facebook as you as you said are they're, they're positioning it uh, I, I think this is just more so of this you know we're, we're in this zone of I mean I've Looking at the evolution of all of the platforms, I've never seen anything kind of steal the zeitgeist as as Instagram has. Even when MySpace was like, that was the only thing. Like still, Instagram is so much more popular. All right, so here is my number five. So I only have seven of these. So here's my number five. This is something that has been alluded to. So I'm hoping this could be the first one that we all agree on. Dun, dun, dun. Five is that... You don't feel when you go on to when you read his uh, Will Smith's content when you're on his Instagram his YouTube, you don't feel as if he's selling you a product or a service, right? I feel as if what's happened is that marketers have completely taken over social media, and even those of us who are not yet marketers, right? Look at what the marketers do. So we're constantly sell, 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 sell. That's all it is, right? When I look at Will Smith's content, I don't feel like he's selling me. Like there's no piece of content where I feel like he's he's ramming a product or a service down my throat. It's always like a value add to me, an entertaining value add. I'll let Mike start. <laughs> I mean, I'll be I'll be 100 honest. I don't I don't follow that many celebrities on. Instagram. Okay. I mean, um, or, or, or pretty much across any of my social media because some of them are just not that interesting to me. Like, um, the person I only follow and I'm probably just looking at her pictures is in, you know, and again, that's what for nostalgia purposes is, you know, like a Janet Jackson or somebody like that. Um, so I have to really be into what the, uh, you know, what the person is putting out there for me to, you know, really click. But people I follow on social are like, you know, they are the social media influencers, the people that make, uh, you know, funny content. You know, I'm looking, when I get on Instagram, I want to see like, you know, somebody in Bali having a nice cocktail or, um, you know, or when I go on YouTube, I'm looking at, you know, my feed is pretty much a mixture of wrestling and uh, cooking videos. Wrestling so. and cooking. <laughs> but hold on for a second, though. Mike, I think you are 
agreeing with me. I think I felt like this was this was like this was agreement. I felt this is real. This is the closest we've been here. Are we kind of agreeing a little bit? I mean, so so your your point number five is that <laughs> you feel like he's not selling you stuff. I'll agree with that. He's not looking at the feed. It's not really selling you a lot, but I don't know if that's the best strategy. For me. <laughs> I love that he had to quantify the answer. It was like, I agree with you, but here are all the reasons why I don't want to give this answer. Yeah. And on top of it, here's the reason why Will Smith is doing it wrong. He should be selling you something. <laughs> right. What do you think, Goldie? How much did, how much did uh, Jim and I make at the locker? Um, well, I'll tell you, Aladdin was over a billion dollars. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> and the Gemini, original, I, I'm going to guess that Gemini Man did not make over a billion. <laughs> any bets? Any bets on the table? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. But Gold, what what do you think, Goldie? Do you do you feel like um, a right? Is is he? Are you agreeing with Mike and myself? But but then also the more I guess the bigger question, the more important question for everyone listening and watching is how important is that in our storytelling to not be in this constant sell mode and what percentage of our time should be in, in, in that harder sell versus simply storytelling. So Paul, I'm going to give you your first all three agreement. And yes, I don't believe that Will Smith is doing the hard sell. I mean, literally with the example that Mike gave with Gemini, man, you look at that. Is he hard selling you on that? Oh, you are not seeing like 5 million Gemini man pictures on there. I'm just saying, right. You go onto some, you go onto like say other actor pages on Instagram and it like the, the first five posts are the last thing they were in. It's like the movie trailer clip. It is the movie poster. It is them on the set. You know, <laughs> like looking like casual, but yes. still really attractive. Usually um, yes. <laughs> you just you, you get the formula um, and he's not what what I really appreciate about Will Smith's content right now is he's in some ways he's not doing the exact formula of what an A-list actor typically does on Instagram for better or for worse. He is just not doing that. And I think that is really nice and, and interesting. And I forget, what was that question that you asked, Paul? What about uh, you know us as people who are building our brands, entrepreneurs, uh, what percentage of our time should be selling versus storytelling? Because I feel like a lot of us sell constantly on right. social. Once again, I'm probably the worst person to ask this because I literally write a column on storytelling <laughs> for Forbes <laughs> and personal branding. So I have to say that the majority, the majority of your time really should be on telling a beautiful story. Now, if that story, right, and I love when Mike referenced, uh, I love Lucy and the Vegemite um, spread oh, yeah, or, yeah. or stuff that they were selling there that was a really good brand integration that worked with the story so i feel that if you want to do sales to integrate that sales better into your storytelling that is important because yes we are all at the end of the day probably trying to sell something or the other but to also have completely sales free content so content that is just really either interesting and or educational I think is really helpful for growing a brand that also feels just so much less like marketing person. You hired a marketing agency to handle your social account. It's really obvious to everyone that you're being censored. <laughs> like, I think it's great to have an account that tells a story. That story is you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So but, uh, wait, I 
I want to like, so if you look at like the beauty community, you can make the argument that almost all of their videos are sales related. Right. Because, you know, they're testing, you know, that's pretty much a product test. You know, just you're seeing the swatches, you're seeing how it lays on your face, you're seeing how it looks in the light, you know, sees if it works with your skin tone. I mean, Jeffree Star is probably the biggest YouTuber uh, from the beauty community out there. And, you know, every video he does is almost a product test. Like even when he went to- But it's educational. I will say that it is educational and entertainment focused. So even though you're selling a product, you're learning something, right? You're learning like, okay, when I have these swatches of three swatches of blue, this is the best shade of blue because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. So I will I will argue that it's actually because it's educational, it's since it's educational and selling, it still works. <laughs> but if yeah. you were just like, here, these are three things to buy. Buy this one, buy this one, or buy this one, right. then that doesn't work. Yeah. So so and then uh, he went to the uh he went to the Taco Bell Hotel and that was, you know, that was fun to see. But you know, again, it's a big advertisement. Right. Yeah. But, you know, you know, I was very jealous. I couldn't go to that. Right. <laughs> yeah, but is, so, is, I mean, is is that? I mean, this this is an interesting kind of concept that you both are talking about because, so if it's entertaining, if it is, it has some type of educational value wrapped into it, and maybe it has no educational value. Maybe it's just purely just like incredibly entertaining. As long as it breaks the 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 entertaining slash educational threshold, it seems like what you all are saying is that then you, you could you could you could sell all day long. You could sell in every piece of content. So the most important thing that we should know in terms of our content is that it should be enter- it should break a threshold of entertaining and educa- and or educational. Is is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I think at the end of the day it has to be entertaining. You have to want to click on it and watch it, you know, because watch time is probably one of the most important pieces for the YouTube algorithm because uh, they want you to stay on the platform as long as possible. And I know for me, I watch most of my content, you know, that I consume on a daily basis on YouTube. So I'm on YouTube like almost all day, uh, just looking at different videos or learning how to, you know, like I've been, uh, so I've been, I've been doing uh, veganism for the past couple of weeks. So I've been just like learning how to make different recipes, um, you know, because being a, a vegan is very difficult, yes. uh, you know, and trying to have, you know, like my aunt just sent me a box of things that I can actually eat, um, you know, so, uh, you know, having that, that, you know, have, like Goldie said, having the, the educational piece plus the entertainment is, uh, I think, is kind of the sweet spot for a platform like YouTube. Okay. All right. Fair enough. All right. So I want to combine, I have, I have a six and seven. I want to combine these because I think that if I combine them, I have a better chance at winning you over Mike and a better chance (laughs) of you Goldie staying on my side. So (laughs) I'm going to combine these, right? What I've noticed about Will Smith is that his content, I think exactly meets the persona that we know of Will Smith. But at the same time, what he does is he maintains a threshold of privacy, which I find to be interesting because, you know, you got Jada out there with, with Red Table Talk. And I mean, they talk about the most intimate things on the show. Will, right, will come on as a guest. 
But at the same time, there's a level of privacy that he keeps. And I think he maintains that with the notion of knowing that the it would it would it would uh, it would tarnish or or change our perspective on him. For example, I've never seen him once walk through and say, "All right, here's my home in uh, Calabasas," or you know what, here's my um, my garage uh, with my sixteen Ferraris. You know, versus I've seen so many other. It seems like Instagram is the quickest place to say, "Look." Here's my lamb. Here's my Lambo. Like it's not even yours, right? But it, but you want to do it as quickly as possible. Whereas what he does is he completely blocks that side of his life, which we know exists, right? It's got to exist. This dude's doing almost thirty million dollars a film. We 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 know it exists, and I think that's brilliant because what he's able to do is he's able to humanize himself, being an A-list actor worth God knows how much money, right? He's able to actually humanize himself. So I think that's. That's a brilliant play on his part. Do you agree? Call me. Wow, I got, <laughs> I hate, I got I thrown it again. <laughs> um, you know, I never, I have to say, I never thought about that. I never thought about Will Smith not including those elements on his social media presence because I, I have to compare him to, once again, The Rock, right? Who, com- who really incorporates these very um, warm images of his home life. They're like, today my daughter drew on my fingers, right? Um, and they, they just make you relate to him more. And I think Will Smith does have, he has taken a step back in that he's like, I'm warm and relatable as your movie favorite movie star. And he's not like, I'm warm and relatable and we could be friends. So I do think that he has taken a step back and he has kind of like that separation. He wants to be your most, like he wants to be Spider-Man. He wants to be your most (laughs) friendly neighborhood superhero, (laughs) but he's still a, he's still a superhero. He's, he's not, he's not one of the people. Right. Right. He's not your buddy. Yeah. That's cool. Not your buddy. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's insightful. That's cool. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. I mean, I think, I think when I look at his content and it's like, you know, Hey, I'm a cool dad. And, you know, here's, I mean, he does have a lot of pictures of, you know, his kids or him as a baby on his page. I mean, he's only posted uh, 714, uh, you know, pieces of content to his, to his Instagram. And the only promotion he's done on there is, is really for the Aladdin movie. And then the rest of it is mainly like, you know, stuff from his home life or stuff from the, his birthday stunt that he did. And uh, and things like that. So I think you know he's, you know, he is very, I guess, relatable. But he does talk a lot about his family. You know, that is a big part of his life. Yeah. Um, but I think the the whole family as a whole, I don't think they're not really like super heavy social media users either. I think like outside of like Red Table Talk, you know, I really don't. I never see any content from Jada. You know, I see a couple of posts here or there, like when uh, when Jaden has new music out. Um, but I think the whole family is, is is very kind of private to a degree. You know, they let, they let you know what they want you to know. Sure. Uh, but what about this whole notion of, you know, what, what I feel like he's doing, 
Because one of the things that this conversation has actually taught me is I have no idea what the hell Will Smith's goal is with, with social media. But I know he's spending a god-awful amount of money, right? Has an entire team doing this. He's got daily content, right? Uh, and he's growing his base in terms of his follower count. It's incredible. Over 100 million people across different platforms in the last three years. But why, right? One of the things I feel like he's doing in a way is in a lot of his content, he's He's giving us, you know, insight and philosophies around success of life, right? So the success that you could apply to life, you could apply to, right, uh, uh, being a, 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 a parent, you could apply to, you know, if you want to be an actor, actress, you could apply to your business. So he's selling, in essence, he's kind of selling this pseudo, you know, uh, instructional on success, but he's doing it completely different than I see most people who are selling success. They're like, look, here's my jet. I'm jumping out into my Bentley. You know, here's my driver. You know, here's all these things that, you know, is probably not even theirs. But that is, that, that's that been the game plan. That's been the track record of how to sell success. Will Smith is like, no, 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 I'm, I'm not, like, you don't even see any of that. So I guess my question here is, how important is that as individuals who may be starting a business like launching a business, growing our personal brand, how much flash should we be showing or not? For example, one of the things that I've been conscious about, and I think this is probably why I saw this on, on Will Smith's account, is I've never once posted my car. I think once I did something, like I was skateboarding and I like I was doing this ollie near one of the, and I was like, oh no, this is bad, right? So ever since then, I was like, I'm not doing it. I don't, that's not, the, that's not, you know, where I want to go. So I'm conscious about that. I feel like he is conscious about that too. I guess maybe my question is, is God me is, is, is that something that I should be conscious about? Is should, should, should I be Hey guys, here's my car. Like talk, talk to me about that because I think there's a lot of confusion right now, especially on Instagram. And I see this popping up on LinkedIn about what we should be including in our stories and what we shouldn't. I, I think the, all right, so Dolomite just came out. Great example of, you know, creating a persona that you want to sell in, in, whatever, in whatever space that you're trying to sell in. So when you look at Rudy Ray Moore and what he did, he created, you know, uh, the Dolomite character and, was, and took it across the country and made it successful through the different media platforms that he knew he could master, which was, um, you know, which was record. So eventually moving into movies. Um, but he created that persona, uh, you know, based upon having the different conversations with the homeless uh, and his, in his community. Um, but he created a Pacific persona that was very much different from the real man who he was. And he used that to his advantages to get to where he was. So I think as a creator, you know, you have the opportunity to create a persona um, that can work in in these social spaces. Because a lot of these people that we're following on on social media are very much kind of crazy characters. Like, you know, going back to Jeff, you know, someone like a Jeffrey Star, you know, he is kind of, you know, he's insane or looking at Shane or um, looking at all these different people out there. A lot, you know, they're showing you you know, they're showing you the life that you would love to live and giving you like the inside scoop to, you know, what is it like to be a multimillionaire makeup mogul? 
or what is it like to be a multimillionaire content creator? Or with Will Smith, I think he has the opportunity to show us what it is like to be, you know, a multimillionaire movie star who is 51. And he and Will Smith has to do these things in social because now he's, you know, he's competing with a whole new set of, you know, of superstars out there who are much younger than he is and competing for different roles now. And if he wants to remain relevant to, you know, the casting agents, you know, they want to see that he has a following. He can bring in a youth audience. He can still bring in his audience from the past. Right. You know, so all of these different people are very much important to to having that. So I think having that persona, you know, is, is important. And it's something that I think, if you know, we, we are having a persona, we call it having a social media voice, you know, so that could be something that he focuses in on or his social media strategy, like what's my particular voice because this is my goal, which is to remain relevant so I'm attractive to, you know, the casting agent. Right, right. So so I, I hear you saying, though, that he, he it, it could perhaps help him to show us a little bit of the Will Smith on the private jet. You know, here I am on my yacht, and let me show you around a little bit. You know, some stuff yeah, that, that, okay. He does do that. I mean, like he was on a boat and he was showing like, you know, here I am on the boat with the family having uh, some Prosecco and eating, you know. But but I'm talking about like the drone, like the, what Diddy does. Like here, I'm going to send out my drone so you could see, you know, all five levels of my yacht. Right. So come back. Like it seemed. Are, are you saying that he needs to, or he could sprinkle some of that in? And, and yeah. OK, and he, okay. He does do that. Uh, but it's not, you know, it's not very frequent. I mean, like, you know, DJ Khaled, that was his whole thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, here's me pouring champagne into a bowl of fruit and eating that, that for breakfast. Yeah. Uh, and, and the kids love that on Snapchat. Right. But, you know, again, I think Will Smith appeals to, you know, over 35 plus demographic. And so, you know, they want to see a little, little something different for him. So I think that's where the, the inspirational stuff works for him. Okay. So, so what do you think, Goldie? Should, should, should I be out here? Should, should I uh, go outside and post my car? Is that what I need to do to get some love? I, I feel like you post who you want to attract, right? So if you post about that lifestyle of, yeah, DJ Khalid, like eating cereal <laughs> with champagne in the morning, <laughs> you're going to attract the people who aspirationally want to have that lifestyle. But if you post the more down to earth things, then you you attract, I think, the people who want just to have maybe a normal life plus, if that makes sense. Right. So they understand that there is maybe the jet involved, maybe the nice car, maybe the champagne on your cereal in the morning. But you also don't need to show that off. Um, And I think that there are so many I find the influencer lifestyle so funny because there are so many incredibly insanely wealthy people out there who never post their insane wild lifestyle on social media ever right because they don't want the attention they don't need the attention and i think a lot of that is what kind of attention do you want to garner and if you want just the numbers right just those likes just that just all that then yes because that's what's popular right now However, that's not to say like five years from now, that might still be the same popular content. So you might be going real hard on like posting in front of your, not Maserati, what am I thinking of, starts with a D, but you, you might be posting in front of like you're a super luxury car now. And let me tell you, it's getting very old 
to me very quickly because you see so many people posing in front of cars they don't own, as you said before, yeah. um, with stacks of money that aren't real. That's all play money, honey. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you're seeing a lot of fake wealth just because that's what's the tr that's popular. That's the trend. People want to be wealthy. Um, but as you get into maybe we'll have different trends, more trends, uh, people will start to want to shift and post that kind of content. So I think, I personally think being wealthy is a trend right now. So that jet life, people renting out half, half carved out fake jets to post a picture of them in a private jet that isn't even a real jet. Yeah. That, that stuff to me feels like that is a bubble waiting to be burst. Uh, and it will be. And so if that's what you're going all in on right now, great, because it will it will get you the likes. It will get you that audience. Um, but I, I don't know that it's actually a super long-term play because audience tastes change. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear that. You know, it's, it's crazy. I, I know folks, I mean, because of this show that I do in the UK uh, where we have celebs, you know, on the show. Uh, <laughs> man, I've, I've seen some, like, wild things done just for the follow. But what's interesting is, is behind closed doors, what they're saying is, is, man, but you know, my engagement isn't there, right? The long-term engagement isn't there because you're right. People will like just because, wow, that's interesting. You're on, a, you're on the wing of a jet. That's interesting. Uh, but when you really find out who the person is, what they value, then it's okay. Let me unfollow or, 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 or the algorithm takes care of it because you're not even engaging on the post anymore. Yeah. And right. I know people always talk about Oprah and there's there's like this wave, I think, uh, this new wave towards Oprah that's like, well, Oprah is Oprah. Of course, she's always going to get that level of engagement um, and attention. But she has definitely built a very specific brand that's right. very purpose driven. So even though she's like, I'm at my mansion in who knows where, on like my five thousand, yeah, her in Hawaii on my fifty million acres, you know, <laughs> however many acres she actually owns there's still this homey down to earthness about that. Right, right. And that is captivating. Yeah, I completely agree. All right, so last question for you both. I don't think this is going to be hard at all. At first I thought this is gonna be a hard question because they both love Will Smith. But now you've, you've been poking holes in his strategy this entire time. So now I know this will be easy is the question is this. The question is, is Will Smith is watching right now. or He's listening right now. There you go. <laughs> what is one piece of social media advice you would give him that also, here's the hook, that also applies to us who are conscious about our personal brand on social? So what should Will Smith be doing differently or should he start doing that we as people who are building our social brand should also be doing? I will say uh, one piece of advice that I would give Will Smith plus everyone else is to, you know, just keep experimenting. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the platforms have matured, but also some of the platforms are new. Um, so keep experimenting and, and having fun and playing around. And I think that's what, why people are enjoying Will Smith's content is because, you know, at the end of the day, it is fun to watch, you know, some of the more, you know, silly things that he's posting. Um, you know, that don't have anything to do with his movie or, or anything that he might be pushing. Uh, but I think having fun is like one of the elements that bigger brands miss um, is that, you know, they're pushing out something just because, you know, we have a sale or, or Black Friday is coming or something like that. But, you know, I think the content 
you know, in order for it to actually be engaging, it has to have some kind of element of fun and entertainment to it. Well, look at that. Any any complimented Will Smith? Did you hear that compliment? He said why people are enjoying his content. Look at that compliment. <laughs> what do you think, Goldie? Oh, man, how do I even follow that up? I'm going to follow that up because that was so broad and lovely and absolutely true in the universe. I'm going to follow it up with something hyper, super specific. Okay. Something that I've seen a lot of people not do, but it's super important. Um, and also Will Smith does not do this all the time on his content to the best of my knowledge, which is please use captions. Oh, wow. On your content oh, wow. Okay. That, you, that has a lot of talking um, just because most people consume content on their mobile phones or their iPads or wherever, and not everyone is listening, right? They're not listening to what you're saying. They're watching the video, sometimes on silent because they're on at work. <laughs> they don't want their bosses to know they're watching that YouTube video or whatever. Um, so captioning to me is one of those things that's not really the sexiest thing to talk about, but is so helpful when you're growing a presence is to caption as many of your videos that have what that have talking as possible to make them more accessible for everyone first of all but second of all because once again a lot of people watch content on their phones yeah. so make it easy for them to watch man i love that one I, I mean so simple so true will smith please if you're watching this caption your stuff and as mike said continue to experiment because we love you on all these platforms. I think you're the greatest content creator on social media today. That's what I believe. Actually, I think Will Smith is the greatest content creator that's ever lived, but that's a whole nother story. But Mike Goldie, this has been a very insightful conversation. Could you tell everyone how to find you? If they want to learn more, know more, read more from you, where do they go? Um, I guess I'll start. So you can find me always on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash in slash Goldie or on Twitter at Goldie Chan, C-H-A-N or on Instagram at Goldie Cylon, C-Y-L-O-N because I love Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. Um, and you can always Google, actually right now, if you Google personal branding, my articles are the first ones that show up on Google search. So oh. feel free to Google personal branding or Google Goldie Chan and read some of my amazing articles. That's heavy. You just, just Google personal branding. That's all you have to do and you'll find me. That's heavy. That's awesome, Goldie. Thank you. Thank you. And then we've got Mike, the Jedi, Yoda, Will Smith is kind of all right by me, street. No. Mike, how do folks find you? Um, so you can find me pretty much on any social platform at, at uh, Mr. Mike Street. There you go. There you go. Well, lady, gent, thank you. We've sadly reached the end of our show, folks. That is it for today. But next week, we have another incredible guest whose story is going to blow your mind. So thank you for listening, and I'll catch you next week.